Hi, I'm Derek Thompson. Does the news feel overwhelming to you these days? There's a pandemic, then there's inflation, and also this crypto thing. It's way too much to keep track of. That's why my podcast, Plain English, breaks down the news twice a week. Short, sweet, and surprising. It's everything you need to know with key insights you won't forget. Listen to Plain English free on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. At least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Hold on, check me, boo. You guys, Jody Walker here. We just wrapped our normal morally corrupt show, but we have to continue this game of musical chairs on our morally corrupt episode today because there is so much breaking news happening. As you know, on our day of recording, it is the Jen Shaw sentencing, the gentencing, as we're calling it around these parts. And I am joined now by Chelsea Stark Jones and Zach Peter to break down this breaking news of Jen Shaw's actual sentencing. It has happened. We've got the experts here. Chelsea, Zach, how are you? Um, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure thrilled. Sh- <laughs> sh- happy. Sh- everything. <laughs> this is shamazing. This is yes. truly shamazing. Yes. I, I, you know, I was hoping for 10, but I'm happy with six and a half, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think so six- yeah, give us, give us the details. Zach, you've been following this very closely. What is Jen Shaw's sentencing? What were you expecting? And how are you feeling about the reality of the situation? Yes. So originally, she was being charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. So she was originally facing up to 50 years. She said, I'm going to trial. I'm going to trial. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight this. Obviously, the government then was like, okay, we have all this evidence. And they had 300 pages of evidence against her. Once she saw that right ahead of her trial, she's like, okay, never mind. JK, I'm guilty, judge. I was the ringleader. I did this. And so she took a plea deal. They dropped the charge for conspiracy to commit money laundering, which I think they would have had a really strong case against considering all the shell companies that she was opening up all here in, I think it was in Delaware and in 
um, Kosovo. So the money laundering charges looks like it looked like she would have been hit hard with that as well. But so they dropped that and just charged her with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And so her plea deal maxed her out at 14 years. Now we are here on the day of sentencing. She was requesting to only get three years because she said, I'm such a good person. I help all of the marginalized community. I help all the gays. I help all the homeless and the toothless. And I'm amazing. And so she's like, please, judge, only give me three years. The government was like, no, judge, she deserves 10 years, which was a smart move because I they didn't want to give her the, the 14 years because they were afraid that it's just it's always better to aim a little lower because it's a little more realistic, especially since they were trying to they knew they would fall somewhere in the middle. So they wanted 10. Jen wanted three. Judge said, nope, you're getting six and a half years. That will be followed by five years of probation on top of a, a really hefty uh, restitution paycheck that she's going to have to cut. She's already turned over, I believe, six and a half million in her assets that were actually she didn't turn them over. They were seized by the feds. But now she has an additional six point six million that she will have to pay back at some point. The judge was also very clear in court today. He said, you know, because her manager was in court and we do know she signed with the big talent agency. So there were predictions that she was going to write a book or in some way try to monetize off of this, which was possible. That is a possibility. She can write a book, do a documentary series, whatever. And even if she does profit off of it in some way, not all of that money is guaranteed to go to her restitution. Whatever her restitution plan is going to be, it'll usually only be a percentage of any money that she makes moving forward. But the judge was clear. He's like, you brought your manager today? you are not going to profit off of this crime. So he was like, you are not going to write a book today. This is not going to happen. You're going to have to find another way to pay. They also outed that Coach Shaw makes 600000 per year. So they're like, it sounds like you'll be able to pay back some of this restitution with that hefty paycheck that your husband brings in every year. So she's set to turn herself over on February 17th. So she'll have just a little over a month to party it up a little more as we saw her do at BravoCon. Maybe <laughs> she'll have, you know, a YouTube exclusive where she'll be able to tell her truth. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But they are going to lock her up. As of right now, it looks like she's going to be serving at the Bryan, Texas facility, which is where Elizabeth Holmes is currently um, serving her sentence. It wasn't, that's what her team was requesting. The judge wasn't clear. He didn't give an actual facility that she had to report to, but he just said, Texas sounds fine. So she's probably likely going to be at Brian. Jody looked really thrilled about the Elizabeth Holmes, Jen Shaw potential. Uh, <laughs> I mean, coupling. what a what a team up. I, I feel like those are two personalities I simply cannot imagine in a room together, let alone potentially in a cell together, in a prison together. You know, Zach, you, expl- you explained that so well. I don't know a lot about the law, but I just love Judge Stein being like, okay, you asked for three years, you asked for 10 years, why not cut it at a solid six and a half? You know, like, that's just logic. Let's just cut it down the middle. Maybe everyone will be kind of happy with this arrangement. Are you guys surprised by that number? I'm not. I was predicting at least like seven or eight. Um, I mean, six and a half was a little lower than I was hoping for, but I was, I guessed about six or or sorry, seven or eight years is what I was thinking, just because I knew the judge would likely fall somewhere in the middle. Um, and her legal team, he even said, if you want to appeal this, you can appeal this. And her legal team was like, no, we're good. 
We're happy with that. We'll take it. We're oh, fine. wow. Yeah, I'm it. a bit surprised too, just because of all of Jen's antics after being arrested from the selling of the merchandise, the continuous of I'm innocent and and um, just ha- the behavior at BravoCon and the incidents of fighting with people. So I was just like a little bit thrown at her behavior post of like showing no guilt whatsoever. I guess her side argued that once she saw the 300 pages of documents and saw victims' testimony, that that really struck a chord with her and is what ultimately led her to plead guilty. But I I think we all know that that is not true at all. And it was just the odds were stacked against her. So I was a little bit surprised by... I, 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 like Zach, was kind of thinking it would be seven or eight. And obviously hoping for 10. As Jody knows, I was very excited in our Bravo group chat for this week. I could not wait for Friday. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because the judge was like not putting up with any BS. No. You know, her legal team was like, she's a good person. Not all of her business was unsavory, as Heather Gay described it. You know, there were like some parts of the business were actually good. And the judge was straight out like, what part of taking advantage of elderly people was good? What part of maxing them out of their credit cards was good? What part of harassing them on the phone was good? He's like, please tell me what was good about this business that she was running for nearly a decade? Well, and it seemed like the prosecution was also like, no, you didn't plead guilty when you read the victim statements. You pled guilty when you saw the evidence that we had. And it's like a pretty fascinating back and forth. I was reading kind of the live feed on Twitter from Inner City Press and just seeing the way I would say that Jen Shaw's legal case, or at least uh, what they have gotten down to saying, even after she's pled guilty, is about as delusional as the Jen Shaw that we see on the show. The links with which they are willing to go to act like she has had all of this sympathy for the victims and like, you know, she's really sorry is what the legal case is saying. Lies. But there's no behavioral evidence to back it up. The lies, and it's it's just much like herself on the show. It is almost impressive the <laughs> level of delusion that they're willing to roll out, even though, like, like, they can't gaslight us into believing it that this is how she feels when we've seen how she feels. And you know, Jody, it's it's also the irony of that when I was reading his inner city press as well with what her lawyers were saying about her. And even she said, like, being a Tongan woman, we respect our elders. And I was like, it just hit me in that moment of like, then why the hell did you steal from elders? Like, it was just so... It, it is. It's the Jen Shaw effect of like throwing all this glitter and wizardry and stuff like that and trying to make you like turn around and confuse yourself into thinking like, oh yeah, maybe she she has come around because she realized she did not respect her elders and blah, blah, blah. But like, if you were raised that way from the beginning, then you wouldn't have done this in the first place. Like, I I, I can't with this woman. I can't. Like, it, it's, she's disgusting. I'm, yeah. The funny thing is she was like, it was the impact statements from the victims that really hit her hard. And I was like, really? Because I went through the whole 300-page brief of, or actually the whole 300-page packet of evidence that the government submitted. And there were literally text messages in there with her and her team where they're corresponding about these elderly and vulnerable people who are sick, who are um, asking for refunds, who are saying like, hey, I don't want to keep this going. I feel like I'm being scammed here and I want my money back. And she's fighting back uh, 
chargebacks on their credit cards. They're helping them max out their credit cards. There's one text message where she's texting her team and she's like, she's like, do we have to refund this woman or not? Or is she done crying yet so we can move forward? And she's like, Reyes, why are you losing your touch with the lady? So she had team members that were like, you know, sweet talking these elderly grandmas and, and flirting with them basically on the phone to get them to, you know, upcharge and, and buy more of these fake business opportunities and fake business coaching services to what? Let them be entrepreneurs from home at 85 years old? Like the whole business opportunity scheme that they were running was just so delusional. But the fact that they have this evidence of her mocking these people, laughing at their tears, you know, brushing off their refund requests. And yet she's like, no, once I actually found out what I was doing to them, now I feel bad. It's like, you know what? You and your fake knockoff Chanel knockback uh, handbags can go to your Brian prison facility and stay there with Elizabeth Holmes. Like, she'll pay you the time of day. Do we have an idea of if she will actually... So she's serving six and... Or sentenced to six and a half, and then she has five years probation once she comes back. Do we think... Do we know if she'll actually serve all those years? Or is there, like, a good behavior thing in federal prison? Like... Yes. So I broke this down on my podcast. So she has to serve a minimum because it's a federal sentence. She has to serve a minimum of 85% of her time. Now, it's not like jail where if you, you get good behavior, you can get out. There are ways to get time knocked off. One of them that I'm predicting her team will probably try to play is um, if you have a substance abuse issue and you decide to go into like a, a treatment program that could take a year off. If you decide to go into like a halfway house as like a rehabilitation program, that can take some time off. So there are things that she can do and programs that she can take advantage of that may take off a year or two, but she's likely going to be serving majority of that sentence. And legally, she has to serve at least 85%. Wow, that so she's gonna be there for a minute. I, 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 you know, prison's horrible, but that somewhat warms my heart. <laughs> well, you know, prison is horrible, and it's hard for me to uh, root for incarceration in this country. For me, it's the restitution. Uh, I just really hope that these people who have been victimized will be paid back. And I guess. I kind of like I I know that I don't have a full understanding of this but I'm like if there's a guarantee that the entire profits of whatever she may be able to do from jail could go to the victims then I guess I'd watch the documentary. You know, I don't want her to profit from this, but I want her victims to profit from it if that is available. And if she wants to act like she is some benevolent monster now, you know, that she does see the error of her ways and she does want to pay back these victims, I guess I'd like for there to be a way to do that. Jody, you know that her book and her documentary are going to be about how she was wrongly convicted and how she, as a woman of color, was targeted and she was a woman in this scheme with all of these men that were running it and she just got looped into it. I mean, her argument was it was a tale of two Gen Shaws. There's the Salt Lake City Gen Shaw and then there's the New York Gen Shaw and the New York Gen Shaw was the one that was running with all these fraudsters and and participating in this scheme. Um, so I don't believe that we're going to get anything good from a documentary or a book out of her. It's going to be very, you know, victimhood, very woe is me, very I was, you know, taken advantage of by these other men. 
Um, so I do not look forward to that. But the good thing about a lot of these victims is it was they were um, running up their credit cards. And so a lot of credit card companies in cases like this will reverse some of those charges and make sure you do get that money back. They are really good at protecting, especially people that are more vulnerable. So the good thing is if they did max out their credit cards, some of them may have gotten that money back. So then the restitution will likely give them some additional, you know, additional money to help them moving forward. That's not the case for all of them. I mean, some of the impact statements were pretty, pretty bad. I mean, people were suicidal. One woman was left homeless. Um, You know, she was banking them out at like up to 100k or over 100k. So it's, it's pretty awful what she was doing. And just the fact that like, you know, she's like, but I needed to take care of my family. And my family is the most important thing. It's like, but how many other families did you have to ruin in order to what get a, a fake Louis Vuitton. And your husband makes $600,000 a year, and he could make more than that. He's like a lawyer slash college football coach. Like he has there. She did not. Her family did not need this money. I mean, she was basically doing it as a hobby for the thrill of the game. She did not need this money. And what's also just so disheartening about it is like, had she taken this energy, this criminal energy and done something actually like productive and legal with it, she could still have made as much money, if not more. Like it was such a sophisticated scheme and it shows how smart of a woman she is that had she applied those skills and tactics in a legal, moral way, like she could be still like living the same lifestyle, but she, I don't know the thrill of doing it illegally. I just, it's, it's sick. This is why I perked up at the thought of her and Elizabeth Holmes in the same facility. <laughs> because, like, that is the story of these narcissists who do these plots, is they have the brain power, they have the will, they have, you know, everything they need to do something the right way, but they choose to do it the wrong way. That's exactly what Elizabeth Holmes did, and it's what Jen Shaw did. Like, she she is a masterful marketer. She could have run, I don't know, a Lisa Barlow-style business where still nobody knows what she does, but she does something. And she chose not to. And that is that is another delusional part of her case that the government then goes back up against is, is her trying to separate herself from the victims by saying that, like, she never spoke to them. She didn't, you know, really know what was going on. And then the government's like, because that you were at the very top. That's why you weren't speaking to them, because you were running this and you were, like, incorporating even more vulnerable people to actually run this scheme. It's disgusting. It's really, really dirty and gross. It's gross. Um, before we jump off, I'm just curious, like now turning our attention to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, uh, with Jin Shaw seemingly gone for at least six and a half years, or at most, um, where do you guys see the direction of the show? What like how do they change this up? Because I I think she was a horrible, like I hated having her on this season. It was really hard to watch um, or it has been really hard to watch. But I'm just curious, like, where do these women go from here? Who do we add in? Like, what what happens now? They have to completely reboot it. I mean, I think keep one or two of them. But like, I think Meredith and Heather Gay, their reputations have 
fully sank by standing so in line with Jen Shaw. I know we're going to see them in New York for the finale, but they literally are like, you know, if Heather's, or sorry, Meredith is like, if she doesn't take accountability, then that's going to be a real problem with me. And we know that she hasn't taken accountability, yet Meredith is still standing by her. And that disappoints me because I actually really like Meredith, but I'm very confused as to why they're putting all their eggs in the Jen basket. Heather Gay, I mean, her comments on Watch What Happens Live about saying she knew what Jen's business was doing, but, you know, it's nothing she would ever want to be a part of. But she was like, listen, I didn't realize it was illegal. Had I known Jen could go to prison for it, I would have stopped her. And it's like, okay, well, I get that it's illegal, but what about immoral? You knew what your friend was doing. You still allowed her to continue doing this while saying that you loved your dinners out at Tao. And she's like, I don't really know what she does, but I like it. You know, it's just... It's so tone deaf. It's so bad. I think Heather Gay and the Black Eye storyline, I finally heard what really happened. It's the stupidest thing, but I feel like Heather Gay's reputation is done. Meredith is not very well liked on the show anymore. Lisa Barlow and Whitney Rose aren't strong enough characters to keep us compelled. Um, We already lost Mary. We've lost Jen. So at this point, I think they need to really redo the cast and start from scratch and maybe do like a New York style reboot of Salt Lake City if they even think it's worth the investment. Right, because I'd call that a big maybe because the thing about Salt Lake City that made it so electric from the beginning was the cast. Like it was these, it was Jin Shaw, it was Mary, it was like the relatability of Heather. And it's not, Salt Lake City is not New York City. You know, there's not a character within the place itself except for the Mormon temple, you know? And that's like also hard to write a reality series on. So, I mean... My prediction is it's I don't see a season four like this season has spiraled out of control in not a good way. It's just and this I, I you know, I, I'm going to say this on the podcast when we talk about this episode. Salt Lake City was my love. I loved this show. And I got so many people to watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City who don't watch Housewives because it was that electric when it started. And maybe it was lightning in a bottle, you know, like maybe maybe something as good as season one of Salt Lake City simply can't last. Yeah, I would hate for the show to go down all on the behavior of Jen Shaw. I don't know if you guys played sports when you were younger, but I don't think it's just Jen, though. uh, I think it's Heather and Meredith and Mary and Jenny Wynn. It's like all of them have not, you know, been able to carry. However, I feel like if Jen was never involved in this, like, scandal, I think there'd still be some type of opportunity for the show to exist. Um, But I was like, my whole thing was like when I was an athlete and playing sports and like one player did something wrong, it like ruined everything for the whole team. We ought to do burpees or run extra mile or whatever. Like this to me is like what Jen's doing. So it's like, I hate to see like one singular, like her acts that happened way before the show. 2012 is when all of this started to kind of, you know, derail everybody else. Um, However, I do think a show, not specifically around Lisa and Whitney, but with Lisa, those are the two that I'd like to see stay. Um, Whitney, we must save Lisa Barlow. We We must save. We must import her. We must export her. (laughs) We must do what it takes to have more Lisa Barlow. And that is, that is the hill I will die on. She has been the shining star of this season. Um, Well, that was fun Uh, (laughs) to, you know, finally have a resolve to this ending of the Jen Shaw uh, mess that happened in season two, the arrest in the sprinter van or around the sprinter van, whichever. Um, That was great. I, you know, I feel 
satisfied that we kind of now have a conclusion. And when is February 17th is when she has to report to prison, I believe. Yeah, Chelsea, I think it's really sweet that you feel satisfied, but I think <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and wait till February 17th, okay? Just going to just going to keep my eye on this a little longer before I actually feel like this thing is happening. <laughs> uh, maybe I should hold my breath too. Uh you never know with Miss Jen Shaw. Um thanks Zach for joining us. And we appreciate it. Uh, look forward to seeing more Zach on It Was All a Stream here on the uh, Ring of Reality TV feed. And Jody always on Morally Corrupt. And I guess, you know, back to our regular scheduled programming. Here is our full recap of everything else going on in Bravo. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome, guys, to the Morally Corrupt Show, a show here on the Ringer Reality Feed. We are going to get right to it. Today is a big day, and I don't mean to talk about this in the most positive way. I don't even mean to relish in this, even though I know there's some people here on the Morally Corrupt Show that will. But today is the day that we've been waiting for for quite a long time. Uh, it's been pushed back numerous times, but Callie, today is what they are calling gentencing. Today is the day that Jen Shaw will receive her sentencing, or for how, however you want to phrase it, how many years she will be spending in prison, or maybe not. We don't know. We don't know how lenient the judge may be. But today we won't have to guess, or after today, we won't have to guess. We will know what's happening with Jen Shaw. We will know her fate. Callie, how do you feel what do you think is going to happen? I know uh, I, I know how you feel because I'm in a group chat with you. But tell, yeah. please tell the morally corruptors how you feel. I want her to be held accountable. I don't necessarily, and we've talked about this in the group chat, I don't necessarily like agree with our prison system here. So I'm not really sure. Like I'm not wishing jail time or prison time on her. But she needs to be held accountable because for some reason, especially this season, but since we've seen her on Salt Lake, somehow she's not held accountable for absolutely anything. And it makes no sense to me. Um, that being said, if I had to guess, um, I do not have a law degree. I'm saying 5 to 15 years. Rachel, you with your law degree, what are you saying? <laughs> this is not my expertise. But... I do think that she's going to get like five years. That's what I'm... And I'm sure there's restitution and all of that attached to it. But I think Jen Shaw will be doing some prison time for sure. I think she will be doing prison time as well. Um, I do think that it seems like the government is making an example out of any celebrities that cross this line. Mm, so mm -hmm. I could see her getting more than five years. Yeah. I don't Especially think since I guess um, I read somewhere that like the past couple of months, they've supposed to prove that her behavior has changed. And it looks like there've been some bumps along the road 
on that as well. I, if you were Jen and you had to prove that your behavior changed, do you think that staying on the housewives where it shows your behavior has not changed is a good idea? Not at all. Not at all. And I was thinking about when you're talking about behavior, I'm like, hmm, we're watching this play out. Uh, but the only, if I was going to find something positive out of this, the only thing I will say is that the behavior that we are watching happened prior to her pleading guilty. So what has her behavior been like since the time she pled guilty to, excuse me, to the sentencing? I don't know. That's the thing. That's the only thing I could say might go in her direction, but it's not a good look. And also, let me let me just take back what I just said. Bravo, Con. Yeah, I was we about to say. saw it. She came when she wasn't invited. Uh, she was out there having a good old time. Not saying you can't enjoy yourself prior to sentencing, but it looked like there was no remorse. Um, we've seen her behavior on social media. It would be hard for me to not think that the judge or maybe a clerk isn't paying attention to Jin Shaw's behavior as well, which I'm not saying you have to sit at home and do absolutely nothing, but there just seems to be a lack of remorse or humbling yourself and I, I, I'm not sure, but you know what? It's not up to us. Uh, it is up to the judge and, and sentencing is currently going, or the hearing, I should say, is currently going on right now. So we will keep you guys updated as we're doing this podcast. In a dream world, we will get the news while we're podcasting so we can break that to you in real time. But um, we'll definitely be keeping you guys updated uh, as we find out more information. How long do these things last? It depends. There could be, you know, Jen could give a statement. The people that she wronged could be giving a statement. The judge could be giving a statement. It could go late. You just don't know. But typically, I mean, it could be pretty quick. You know, it could be less than an hour. But it just depends who all is going to get their opportunity to speak in court, which you would want those that were wrong to have the opportunity to speak. Um, but I don't know. We shall see. I mean, we've but, seen, we've seen and read statements. So I c- could imagine that some of those people would make their way to make sure that they're saying these statements in person. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll keep you guys updated, but you know what? That's not the only big news that happened this week. It has been a big mm-hmm. Bravo week. Um, I don't know where you've been. If you have not heard that Lisa (laughs) Renna, after eight seasons, is leaving the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Let me tell you how big this news is. My husband came home and said to me, what do you think about Lisa Renna leaving Real Housewives? Never has he talked to me about Beverly Hills. And he sat down and said that to me. And I said, wow. The news really must be out there. It's making the rounds. Callie, your thoughts when you found out that Lisa Renna was leaving. Did you ever think you would see the day? I did. I did. I thought, well, no. Prior to this season, no. I thought she was always going to be there. By the end of this season, um, I thought most likely it's going to be a wrap in the next couple of years. Uh, I didn't think it would happen this quickly, although um, 
On my Twitter timeline, people have pointed out that Kathy was correct at the reunion. <laughs> her, right. her contract was up. And it makes a lot of sense why she was reaching. And it makes me believe even more that she was making something that I absolutely believe it happened. I absolutely believe Kathy lost her shit. Do I think it was anywhere near as bad as Lisa was making it to be? No, I don't. And I think that all of this proves that she was hanging on by a thread. I also heard she wanted more money and, you know, was probably trying to prove her worth and making this into a huge thing. Um, I don't know. I just feel like in other instances, like Bravo will have their producers involved and like validate a story and like not even the bus driver could come forward and be like, it was crazy on that bus. So no, I think Kathy probably was cussing and whatever, whatever. I can imagine how happy Kathy, Garcelle, Sutton, just relishing in the news yesterday. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I myself, you know, was relishing quite a bit in the news because like you, I didn't think it would happen this quickly. I honestly did not think it would happen. The ratings, Did you see people- Lisa Vanderpump's tweet? Ding dong. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want her back. I want her back on the show. Just simply I would with love the to words, have her back. ding dong. Now I want Lisa Vanderpump back. And she's right. I mean, here's the thing. The the progression of Lisa Rinna on the show, I she really was iconic in a lot of ways. She gave us some of the biggest moments uh, that have happened in Beverly Hills. She was one to always stir the pot. And I really enjoyed that we could always count on Lisa Renna to get things going because we had a lot of dead seasons in Beverly Hills. And you could always count on Lisa Renna to liven things up. But it's just, I don't know if it got to her head. She just took it too far. She became a caricature of herself. But it just got to the point where it was, it seemed desperate. We didn't believe her anymore. And she just seemed on a mission. She seemed, un, you know, this is a this is maybe a little bit too much. But, you know, we recently just talked about this on Higher Learning, so it's making me think of this. You know how people aren't reprimanded for the things that they do so it continues to feed the beast and they can feel like they can just keep going and going and going? Jim Shaw, yeah. Skip Bayless, no, Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is where I'm going. <laughs> okay, okay. That is Lisa Renna. She just, she was never, you know, she felt like she was untouchable, you know? She yelled at the women, cursed them out. At Andy Cohen's baby shower, told them to get up and dance for their lives because he gave them everything that they had. I mean, <laughs> she was, she was, seemed to be loved by the people behind the scenes and the people that she was on camera with and even people in other franchises. But, it just went too far. And she had went to too go. Far. Her time was up. Her time was up. I, I, I would say across all franchises that the hunt for storylines is a real issue. Um, and some of the women like just want to do anything and everything to have a storyline. And, and, and Lisa fell victim to it. I do think that a few franchises have been good with mixing in new characters, which have kept it a little bit fresh. Uh, I think Jersey's probably the best at that. Um, like their new characters seem to stick. Like Jackie's still there. Um, Jen, Jennifer's still there. And like 
Even they Margaret. have storylines. Margaret, yeah. yeah. They have storylines and are kind of like main characters now. And you need to like keep rotating that. And you can keep your two or three main people that aren't leaving. Um, and then like eventually, like now Margaret's one of those two or three main people. And you could yeah. recycle around her. But it gets a little stale if everything is just the same and you bring in new people and no one's welcome to them. And that's kind of what's happened with Beverly Hills. You have the new people and the old people. And it just... Yeah. It's not mixing. And I think they think if they take Lisa out of the mix, maybe it'll mix a little bit better. I and I and I agree with you. And I think that that I think that there will be other names that will be announced mm-hmm. as well. And I'm gonna Dorit, wait. Dorit's gotta go. Dorit's gotta I mean, go. She's gotta go. She didn't have a purpose this past if season. If she stays, it's because Kyle is her good friend. I I a hundred percent believe I if could she see stays, her going to of friend of. I could see you're going to friend of. I no, a friend, no. I don't want to see her at all. I don't want to see her at all. But we 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 shall see. I do think that there will be other names announced. Um, Lisa Rinna had did put out a statement, but um, she also says that you know she had to weigh her options and her business obligations, and uh, so she and Bravo mutually decided that she would not return. Okay. <laughs> just had just had to put that out there, you know. I don't like to count people's money, but um I don't really know what else Lisa Renna's doing, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what she's doing. We'll see. We'll we'll okay. we'll pay attention. Um last thing really quickly in the news of the week cuz like we said, it's uh it's been a lot this week. It's been speculated that Ashley Darby and Luke Gunvalson have already called it quits. And the reason this speculation is out there is because she unfollowed him on social media. She also removed the selfie that she had posted of them together in Minnesota. I mean, these days, these are signs that I hate you. I want nothing to do with you. Don't ever talk to me again. And when you do it in such a public way, when everybody's been following every single detail between Ashley mm-hmm. and Luke. You're clearly trying to make a statement. I don't know how you feel about this, Kelly. I, for one, never... I thought they were just having fun. So I'm actually shocked that even this was done because it makes it seem way more serious than it actually was. I thought they were just enjoying each other's company yeah. and having a good time. I don't think they were actually like together. I think they were like going on dates, which is like very normal. And yeah. maybe something hit the road. Maybe something he said something she said something she found out something and she's over it move on let's all move on fun while it lasted honestly i think we're all just hype we're hyped to see ashley with somebody other than michael darby mm-hmm. it could yeah. have been anyone <laughs> luke, so luke could have been anyone and we would have been thrilled it's so true it's so true well it was nice to Set see ashley Jack taylor we'd be happy okay callie now we would not. We would not. I think we. I, I think we would. <laughs> we would not. I. I. I like to see her dip her toe in the water. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, James She's, Kennedy. That would be actually a really fun couple. A really fun, <laughs> messy couple, right? Get those. Those two. I want to have a show. If it's if it's if it was Jason <laughs> Ashley, I want a show. Give us what we want. Uh, but we'll see. I, I'm rooting for Ashley. I want to see her happy. I want to see her in a healthy relationship. Um, and Luke, this seems to be, if this is true, it's very on par for Luke. He doesn't seem to stay committed to anything long. And um, 
you know, just seems to be all about having fun, a good time. He just, not he for just a long wants time. to tap trees and make some sap. That's uh, all he wants. That's been his longest relationship, has it not, <laughs> with those trees. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to Potomac, uh, which will be brief, which I feel like we're saying every week. It's not like nothing happened. It's just that the drama that's being teased for each episode doesn't happen until the last five to and, 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. that is extremely frustrating. It's a lot of filler. And I enjoy these women. But I wanted to see this pop off very soon. We took way too long. I, I appreciate the shade that they give us with each character, but we took way too long to get to what it was that we were waiting for, which shows me that we don't have a lot to work with this season. Uh, Callie, you're, I would love to just hop right to the improv. Yeah. Unless there was something that really I don't even remember anything else. No. Um no, we get straight into the improv with um Mia asking Karen, which you know what? I'm not mad at Mia for asking this question because <laughs> if we're supposed to be friends and I tell you something like that, why don't you call and ask me first? If it's cool. Have, I've done that before. Been like, hey, you didn't tell me not to say anything, but just want to make sure, like, it's cool for me to say this to somebody else. Now, Super Callie, easy. That's not housewife behavior. No, it's not housewife behavior, but Karen can't do that and then act like she did nothing wrong. And I feel like the only reason why Karen even said anything was because of how Miami went. Karen's a little off Mia. She's definitely off Mia. <laughs> She's so, off once that happened, she was like, all right, that's how you want to play it? Don't forget, we've had some conversations. It's hard for me to think that Karen Huger does anything wrong. And so <laughs> I see nothing wrong with what Karen did because in her mind, she's like, me as a very open person. She talks about all this. She said it on camera. So why can't I then go talk to the other women and just talk a little bit about some of the things that Mia seems to be very open and discussing. I saw no, I, I saw no problems with this. Well, yeah. The other thing was, it wasn't really about Mia. Um, I don't really know why Mia had to share that. <laughs> I'm sick of I personally... I've never looked up my friend's vagina. I just, I, I've never been in that situation before. Kelly, no. I don't know if that's normal. If it's not, you haven't done it. I haven't done it. And it seems like the women, the other castmates had not done that either. They all seem to be taken aback by this. Well, and then they, they all were they trying to, she, they were, yeah, they were trying to figure out why she was doing it. Because Karen made it seem like it was a sexual thing. I will, we have to give Mia props for this. We absolutely have to give Mia props for this. She was like, they can think what they want to think. I'm not about to tell them that my girl had a yeast infection. I respect that as a friend. But she told us. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Um, what's it called? Her representative. Oh, J- Jacqueline told them. I thought Mia told us in an ITM. Okay, Jacqueline told no, them. No, which- Jacqueline told them, and then Mia was like, girl, I didn't tell them that part. <laughs> she did say that. But it's, that makes it even worse. Why do you need to see what's going on with that? That for a yeast also, infection, like, that's... 
how far up are you trying to look? You can you can see you have a yeast infection by looking at your underwear. It's just it's just you don't even need to go inside. You don't need to go inside. No, you don't. And it just goes towards this whole, which is a theme, it seems like, this season of Potomac, of the desperation of these add-ons that want to be main characters. No, 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 no. This is not Jacqueline's fault. Jacqueline did not Uh -uh. do this. Mia did this. No. Sesame Street wants to be a housewife. You don't think Jacqueline? You don't see the desperation in Jacqueline? I think think Jacqueline wants to be a housewife, but she was not trying to make... She was not trying to make her yeast infection a storyline. She told them it was a yeast infection. This is what I... I, But she thought... She told them that because she thought Mia had already said that. So she was like... What are y'all talking about? Like, she wasn't just looking at my vagina. I had a yeast infection and blah, blah, blah. Like, she was explaining the situation... But she wasn't the one that put this into the air. For some reason, Mia did. I don't really understand why. I think, and I think that other people think this too. I think that since Mia is struggling for a storyline, they're trying to make this Mia, Jacqueline, and Gordon three-something a storyline. And so Mia takes every opportunity to kind of drop that they've had other people in the bedroom, that Gordon paid for her Porsche, that da 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 And I don't even think there's actually a really... I don't even think there's an actual threesome happening. I think they're just trying to make it seem that way for a storyline. Yeah. Um, well, there's not. They, they all three sat down on the couch and Gordon... I don't remember who kind of shut it down, but basically the three of them talking, me and Gordon Jacqueline was Gordon. confused about the whole thing. Yeah, there's not, there's not a threesome. They shut it down. It was a weird conversation, that whole thing. But that's what I mean about the desperation about Jacqueline is when they asked her about it at the reasonably shady yeah, live show. Yeah, why not show, say no? She, she was like, well, you're just going to have to ask Jack, uh, Mia about that. Perpetuating this fake storyline. Yeah, yeah, making yeah, it yeah, yeah. go on where we ha- are forced to see her in another episode. She's literally been in every single episode. Are you, She's giving us main character a energy. Deal that Gordon bought her paid her down payment on no her I don't no I don't I don't I don't either though other women do no she's Mia's best friend she clearly needed help financially and he gave her a down payment on also, a lease course even... which I also don't believe in putting down down payments on a lease but that's but that's neither here nor there like <laughs> he, he, gave... he he also said like without prompt he was like I mean Mia loves you of course I'm gonna help you out and Jacqueline was like you love me too don't you and he was like, yes, but like, but like Mia, le- my wife loving you is what made me want to do this for you. And, and I was I, like, that's all super normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he helps out her friend. And if you're in a position to help someone out, that's what you do for your friend when they need it. So it was just Although next week, they- it looks like things tur- turn, take a turn. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now, what we were teased and what we had to wait for till the last five to 10 minutes was the Candace and Deborah situation. Now, we saw in this episode where Deborah details an interaction that she had with Chris, Candace's husband. Thank God we get replays now because we weren't always, if you're new to Bravo World, we were not always granted access to the replay. Now, they, without hesitation, give us the the footage, if it's available, of what happened when there are accusations made. So we get a side by side of Deborah. Oh, I can't think of her name for some reason. We get a side by side of Deborah 
detailing what she says alleges happened with Chris. And then we get what actually happened. There was a conversation between Ashley and Chris. uh, Ashley, there was a conversation between Deborah and Chris. It was Deborah who was initiating the conversation. And if anything, Chris was a little dismissive and slightly rude to her. He didn't engage with her. He didn't want to talk to her. He didn't look at her. He was on his phone. He happened to just be standing next to her at a bar. But according to Deborah, he gave her googly eyes. He leaned in closer to her. He he said a lot of Chris's have things in common, which is not even an inappropriate comment. I couldn't believe how this woman just straight up lied and lied and lied on somebody else's husband just so you could have some camera time. I I mean, I don't... Even the... Oh, God. Her reenacting and everything. like was infuriating to me. It was really cringy. All I can say, though, is I... I mean, shock myself every week. Again, completely agree with Candace's reaction. I don't need to talk to you. After that story, Wendy's reaction where she looked down and was like laughing. I was like, yeah, yeah. I do also get Ashley believing her friends. Like, I don't know if you're Ashley, you would assume like, why would they make this up? Like, I've seen Chris be a little bit of flirty with me with the whole DM thing. And it also kind of validates her DM, like her initial response to DM. Also knowing this, she's thinking like, oh, he might be a little bit out of pocket. And Giselle... I can understand her believing all of it. But after you watch this back, Ashley, you better be like, y'all made me look a fucking fool. But like, you know how what? All y'all, all y'all say he was flirting with you. His, his elbow moving closer. Also, even let's say her story was accurate. Let's say that every single thing that she said was right. Okay. Nothing happened. It wasn't even he bad. Did, it wasn't he didn't touch bad. you. He didn't ask for your number. He didn't like, there's nothing. Sure, was he flirting a little bit based on your story? Maybe. You know what? That's incredibly healthy. Nothing fucking happened. He did not cross a single line. Um, but beyond that, even that did not happen. He was not even flirting with you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what you said wasn't that big of a deal, but Giselle was stirring the pot. Giselle was, oh my gosh, she did not. Oh my gosh. And I didn't like that either. I, you don't even know this woman and you're going to take this woman's word and what she's saying isn't even that deep. I needed her but to have even, the approach that Wendy and um, yes. Eddie had where they were laughing about it. Happy Eddie. Happy Eddie. Happy Eddie. Also, <laughs> even, by the way, thank God she didn't say that because I was like, don't let her bring up Eddie's name. We're just going to go south. Real fast. <laughs> Real fast. But I'm happy Candace did not entertain her. I don't think Deborah needs another second of time on this show. No. Um, and you know what? Let's give um the Bravo producers some applause for holding Chris down the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But I hate that he's a storyline and I hate that because cause you have to un- I don't know if the Bravo producers gave Ashley this footage prior to watching this, but this happened. And if she had to wait like us, she had to wait a while months, before she saw months. the footage. So like that could have caused mm-hmm. a strain on their relationship. Um, it did cause a strain. 
it did cause a strain. And I would doubt that they would show her the footage because they don't usually do that. They usually yeah. get to watch all the episodes right before the reunion, which has not been filmed yet. So she's watching it live. Right. right. Maybe she gets it like, you know, two days before, but like essentially live. Um, yeah, I hope Ashley's embarrassed by her friends. I, I hope that they're not her friends anymore. I will and- say that she clarified and we're like, those girls I've known for years. I just met Deborah. I'm like, okay. I'm glad we got that clarification. I'm glad we got that clarification. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to move on to Salt Lake City. And it's something I've never done before. I have to run. And I'm so thankful that Callie Curry is going to step in and recap Salt Lake City with Jody. Sadly, I can't, which I have a lot to say. And I'm very upset that I won't be able to do it, but I will be listening. Um, so I'm going to jet off now. I'm going to hand over the reins to Callie and Jody. Ladies, enjoy. Bye, Rach. Bye, Rachel. Jody. Callie, now that she's gone, do you think there's any chance that she left on purpose because she doesn't want to talk <laughs> about Salt Lake City? Because it's so um, bad. <laughs> it, there is a good chance. Although, I am super excited because I have not talked about Salt Lake City all season. Um, and I think everyone has some strong opinions about Salt Lake City this season. I don't know if well, they're good opinions, great. but they're strong. Because, you know, Callie, I've been talking about Salt Lake City <laughs> for 13 weeks, and <laughs> my my opinion has devolved. Wait, to, what? Has it been 13 weeks? That sounds so I think this so was the long. 13th episode. And it says episode 13, week, but 13 weeks seems unbelievable. Because well, we've really what's gotten, crazy is we've it's got, actually we've nowhere. <laughs> we've gotten the only thing that has moved during this season of Salt Lake City is my opinion of it, which has dropped to such a great degree. Salt Lake City <sighs> is my love. Like I, I, I know, I have loved it since it came on, and this episode just felt like a tr- like a car wreck where the car keeps going and the wheels are just flying off in every direction. I've felt that about a few episodes. So I'm not just going to say it's just been this episode. There's been a few ep- there's been a few episodes where I didn't finish. Like where I stopped it and went back to finish. It's just it's been a really frustrating watch. I think it's also hard to watch knowing everything that's happened with Jen now. Like knowing that she's pled guilty and this whole season she has been berating us with how innocent she is, it's kind of hard. I think that we personally should have been given like a gift or a treat every time she said innocent until proven guilty. Because like (laughs) to have to stomach her saying that right down until this episode. So it looks like in the next episode... I don't know how the timeline... I mean, we're skipping around because, like, not a ton... We'll we'll talk about the black eye or the lack thereof, but it looks like in the next episode, we will somewhat see her pleading guilty and the repercussions of that. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? We think. It might be the last 30 seconds of it, but yeah. We cannot trust these trailers, and I think that is proven, like, by nothing more than this well, actually, this entire episode, because there's the black eye with Heather, uh, which seemed like it was going to be this huge thing during the season. And it has been a huge thing, but we have no answers. Her behavior is so strange. And then also in this episode we'll get to is Dana, who 
seemed like in the trailer was going to like really have this ongoing thing with Jen. And it just hasn't made any sense. No. Also, it's weird they put it in the trailer because like, it's, it's like Dana doesn't seem to serve a purpose. Do you remember that in the trailer, she had that sort of like mic drop moment where she was like, you better be real nice to me because you're going to need some money in your books. And Jen looks like completely shooketh by it. But we just never saw that in the season. And we're, I don't think we're going to. Also, it says it might happen next episode. Um, especially maybe if if there's a guilty plea, I could see her saying it after that. Um, but I also, can't it, wait to find out what people have to say after the guilty plea. Yeah. I can't wait. It has been... Um, it has been... Oh, wait, also in the trailer, it shows Dana being like, I have a friend who is an informant, which happened this past episode, but it like fell very flat. Like I was just like, okay. Um, and Meredith was even like, we all have informants. It's like... <laughs> I was we like, how many informants are there? <laughs> all working with the FBI actively yeah. right now. I'm wearing a mic. I'm bugged. <laughs> Can Meredith. I... Can I say, because I've been like texting with my friends all morning, just being like, how much time do you think? Blah, 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 whatever. It's crazy to me that my favorite person this season is Lisa Barlow. Like by far. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have been like, I, I was like sort of on the ship in season two of finding her this sort of like campy, you know, like love to hate her <laughs> sort of villain. And then now in this season, I'm like, I love her. She's a great person. <laughs> okay, so the black eye. Let's hear it, Kelly, because you haven't gotten to talk about this black eye live on the Morally Corrupt show. So I want to know your thoughts about the whole thing and where you land on Heather's incredibly strange behavior around it. Episode three of the black eye. Just want to point that out. We're still here. We are all, I think we're, I think we're on like episode eight of San Diego. <laughs> I could not believe this episode opened in San Diego. I think like we have literally spent half the season there. It is unbelievable. No, it is it, it, it also like, it hasn't been that great of a trip. So it's crazy how much, how many episodes <laughs> they were able to, terrible. they've been able to squeeze out of this San Diego trip. Um, okay. I, Heather not telling us is bizarre. Bizarre. I don't care what the reason is. The way she's answering questions makes it worse. And I don't know if she's trying to make it into a thing. It's weird that every single time she's asked a question, she answers it looking at Jen or like asking Jen what she should say. I don't know if Jen gave her the black eye or not. I don't know. I've seen so many conspiracy theories like online. A lot of people think she had the black eye before she got there, which is totally possible. But then where did the scratches come from? Herself. Um, I, I've, <laughs> I've heard another conspiracy theory that said that um, it could have been something from like a bad filler or something from her um, business, which would make total sense for her not to talk about. And I could understand that. But her being like, someone did it. It like if it was if if the filler thing was a thing, she should have answered like this happened before I got here. I don't want to talk about it. No one in this group was involved. Period. So, 
Or just stick to the I don't remember story. Like, that's the thing is she's stick created... Stick to a single story. <clears throat> stick to one story. Like, she's created all these threads. She says... She has said that she totally doesn't remember. She said that weird thing about, like, I'll just say if someone knocks on your door late at night, don't answer. Don't open and it. then this episode, she's threading in all of this, like, they already know what happened. They just don't want to say it out loud. And she says to Jen after Jen has like stormed off from the ter- their fourth terrible dinner in San Diego. Uh, she's like, just, just say, let's talk about Heather's black eye to change the conversation. Like none of them will, they'll all clam up because they all know what No, happened. no, no, no. She said, keep talking about my trial and you'll find out how Heather got her black eye. Did she say that in this episode? Yes. That's why Meredith was like, I was standing there like, what? But this doesn't make any sense at all. Like, oh, yeah. I guess she did about? say it in that conversation. I was like, so annoyed with Heather at that point where she was like, <laughs> stitches get what? Stitches. Stop! Stop with these She's idioms. like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm ride or die. And I'm just like, why? Why are you? Die, I guess. Like, this is not a good ride. Get off the ride. No. Also, I I saw this uh, clip from her from Watch What Happens Live, which I don't know if it happened this week or not, and I don't know if you saw it, where Andy asks her, like, now that Jen is guilty, like, does that change anything? And she's like, no, I knew her business was unsavory, uh, unsavory before this all happened. So why would it change now? And I'm like, Okay, like, I don't... If my friend was in very sketchy business dealings, that would affect my friendship. (laughs) I have to feel that it would be affected, yeah. Um, Producer Devin is pointing out to us that 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 clip was from September. And I remember, which is... But, like, I remember her saying that and it seeming bad on Watch What Happens Live, but that clip is circulating all over again and it seems, like, so much worse. And I think people are circulating it because this is a really different side of Heather that we haven't seen before and it just feels like Mm -hmm. something is up. And then the culmination of events of her going harder and harder for Jen the more and more proof she has that her behavior is really bad. It's really hurt people. Um, it's really harmful. And even on this trip, but like she can't give Whitney like a scrap of grace. The way she has turned on Whitney has just been so the opposite of how she behaves towards Jen that it's like really yeah. hard to figure out what Heather's deal is. Um, I think that her... her- expectation from Whitney is higher than her expectation for Jen. And I can understand that. Like, if my best friend did something to me compared to someone who I was just, like, acquaintances with or, like, you know, friends with, but I thought they were crazy, um, I I expect that out of the crazy person. Out of my best friend, it would hurt a lot more. Um, I... The Heather-Whitney thing, like, how Heather's acting with Whitney doesn't bother me that much because of the layers of their friendship. And I think it's, like, hard to determine like how she's going to act when those things happen. And Whitney has not made a lot of sense to me either throughout this entire season. So I'm like, they're just not going to see eye to eye because neither one of them can communicate properly. Um, And 
they seem to be like blacked out every time they have a real conversation about this, which is not helpful at all. It's Heather's like, I'll do anything for Jen. I'm very much on the Meredith confessional train where she's like, I want to be a good friend to her. But if she's found guilty, I will have a problem with that. If she took advantage of people, I will have a problem with that. Yeah. Like you, ha- you have to have limits on your friendship and those should <laughs> yeah. probably be them. <laughs> like if she yeah. is those found guilty. Too. Yeah. Those are a high. lot of grace. A lot of grace. I can get I can get angrier or get my hurt my feelings hurt about a lot less things than like than you know destroying elderly people, which is one of the worst things that you can do. And like it is just it's so what is so captivating about Jen? I mean, I guess the the obvious layer is that like this is these people's jobs and it's Jen's job and they have to be around her and like constantly going to bat to like, you know, we've seen Dana attempt in and it hasn't gone very well. She's no, not I also think that... No, she's not. I also think that Jen has kind of been the star of the show for the first few seasons. So I can see people feeling like she's a good person to be close to. But Jen is not only not going to be on this show anymore, she's not going to be in Utah. And she's not going to be available for anything but conjugal visits, Whitney. <laughs> Which will be happening, absolutely. Which I love. Thing is when that, she said that, everyone was like, wait, what? No, Whitney. No, sweetie. Not- no. Lisa just like leaned over and whispered to her like, no. I think she said that means you're hooking up, which was hooking like such up. a funny yeah. way to put it. Like that's such a, a social sort of term. Like, no, that means you're going to hook up like two college kids in a trailer. Oh, it was a good moment. That was a good laugh for me in this because it was like a very serious moment. And all of a sudden, Whitney's like, I want to believe Jen, but I feel if she's guilty, I will go to jail and have a conjugal visit. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That was a good laugh. And then my other good laugh in this like otherwise very torturous episode was... Um, experience, experiencing Meredith with her semi-grown children who have just like the strangest cadence when she walks in and they're planning that fashion show and she's like, hey, and they all go, hey. Like, I just can't <laughs> believe they all talk like that. It's so all slow and sleepy. But People always ask me watched- why I don't have a Southern accent because my family's from the South. My whole family has Southern accents, but I don't really. And I just wonder if like that third child in that family does not have a monotone accent and just like doesn't fit (laughs) in at all. Hey. Uh, And yeah, if you can believe it, we go straight from San Diego into just having the, you know, 100 millionth fashion show of the Real Housewives franchise. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. I don't totally understand how fashion shows raise money. (laughs) I guess there's Um, a ticket price, but how much money do we think? And then do they buy the clothes? Maybe. Do you think Brooks Marks was giving his profits for his new sweatsuits? 
I, I don't know. I did enjoy the family clowning him when he was like, can you believe that people take years to do this and I'm doing this in 48 hours? And both his sister and his mom were like, people do not take years <laughs> to do this. Like one, <laughs> one season of sweatsuits does not take years normally. I was going to say, I think they wanted to be like, well, the first fashion show, Brooks, you had a single sweatsuit. That was just modeled over and over and over and over again. So, yeah, no, it doesn't take years. But we did see sweatsuits again. And you know what? Um, I didn't like them as much as the old sweatsuit. I guess the only interesting thing that happened it at this fashion show is that there does kind of start to be like an anti-gen team up of Dana, Angie K. Angie. Whitney. Whitney. And then Lisa's also kind of starting to come around, you know, just in time for the finale. I just like, I can't figure out how all of this is going to end. And I can't figure out if I'm excited for the reunion to like maybe get some answers or if it's just going to be more frustrating. Wait, did the check happen this episode or last episode? The check did happen this episode. I was, I was made so uncomfortable by it that I could barely watch it. Um, I was, it was really a cringy watch. Um, I am just confused by the entire thing. I mean, I personally don't think Jen owes her money. Personally. I don't think that Jen should pay for a party that you offered to throw as a party slash housewarming party. I'm not paying for that. Also, Jen made a point. I spent $80,000 on my last party. Like... I but I think when Jen starts talking about that eighty thousand dollars, she's kind of doing the same thing that Angie K was, which is like Meredith didn't ask her to spend eighty thousand dollars on that party. She just did it because that was what she wanted to do. And I think same for Angie. She sort of offered Angie's saying she offered to host the party at her house, not to throw it. But I but it, I mean, but it was we're also a sh- housewarming party. Was it? Yeah. Supposedly it was like her first party because they had just moved into her house and that's why she wanted to have it there to like show off her house and that there were things like for her at the party as well so like I don't know I just feel like they they supposedly were really good friends right and obviously Jen is going through whatever if I offered my friend who's on trial for fraud for millions of dollars to throw a party or even host it and I'm the one picking the caterer. I'm the one picking the like decorations. Like she picked all that stuff. I'm not then going to send her a bill. Yeah, I don't think Angie. I mean, I think Angie should have paid for it. I think it's Angie's party, and the very obvious reason she was having it was not for Sharif's birthday. It was not for her housewarming. It was to get on the show as a friend of. Like it was very <laughs> obviously supposed to be her introduction to the show and we don't even meet her in that episode but I do think that Angie would not have ever I mean Jen says she asked for the invoice like I don't think any of this would have ever come up I think that that Angie K would have just eaten it even if she felt some type of way about it if Jen had not poured that champagne on her head and you know then that's when everything went south yeah but that's what I'm saying. Like, you, I just don't, I don't think you can do that. You like, think I don't she should think have that, ripped up the check? Yeah. I just, 
I don't even think that you should even have even brought it up. If you host a party for someone and if you're bragging in the meantime about how much money you have and how you could have gotten a horse, but you got it anyway, um, don't even bring it up. And she I think did when it to be like, you didn't check. pay me back. I think I could have been like, you're talking shit. Obviously, if she pours champagne on your head and you're talking shit to her, you could be like, I just spent 15K on your husband's party. Yeah. I'm fine with her saying that. Her being like, you didn't even pay me back for that. I'd been like, what? One, you've never asked me to pay you back. Two, you said you wanted to host it. You picked all the things. Why would I pay you back for that? I think the winner in all of this is Angie K's daughter, who is about to get another horse with that fat check she just got cut. <laughs> so good um, for her. I think the loser in all of this is us that had to watch it. That is absolutely right. I, I, I can't believe the turns that this season has taken. I can't believe how short it's going to be. I can't believe... Wait, how many more episodes do we have left? Next week's not the finale, one. right? Next week's it the finale. Is? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Callie, what are your greatest hopes for... Uh, in, ca- in case we never get you back on Salt Lake City again, what are your greatest hopes for this finale and the reunion and the future of Salt Lake City? I'm really excited for the reunion. Um, I wish Jen was at the reunion because obviously she's like half of the season. Um, and now I feel like the reunion is going to be mostly about Heather and Whitney, which, whatever. Um, my hopes, there's not, nothing could be wrapped up in one episode. But I guess I would hope that we get the Jen guilty plea and hear the reaction from the women in front of Jen. I would like Jen to be somewhat held accountable. Yeah, and I also want the women to be sort of held accountable of like, I think they've known that she is likely guilty this whole time. And I like the idea of them having to like say it in front of Jen because they've been just sort of cowering in front of her to this point, I think. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I want them to redeem themselves for... Obviously, Heather's not going to. But, like, I will be interested to hear what Meredith has to say after she said... After Jen pleads guilty. Everyone else, I think we kind of know. Lisa's going to be, like, "Hmm, not surprised. I think the same thing for Whitney. I don't need to hear about... I I don't care about Dana... Or Angie. Either either I've become Angie for that fairly matter. interested in Angie K at, at this point. Um, but but no. Also, I was thinking this was low-key an audition for all those side people because there's gonna be a spot available. And you know what I think? Let's bring Marion back. <laughs> I mean, this season could have certainly used Mary. And if we're going to have an unequivocally bad person who does illegal things in every season of every franchise of The Housewives, then it might as well be Mary Cosby, I guess. It needs Mary. Also, um, I saw a clip from last season where everyone was like, Mary knew the whole time, where they're at that like weird lunch after Vail. And Mary's like, you didn't have any idea that any of this was going on. And Jen's like, no, I hadn't, I didn't have any idea. And Mary was like, so you just had no idea. You just had no, like, no idea that any of this was happening. 
And I'm like, Mary is so crazy that in the moment, I was just like, she makes no sense. And now I'm like, no, she was correct. The entire time she's like, there's no way you had no idea. She was like, so you think that the FBI and CIA just pulled you and Stuart's name out of a hat? And then Mary doesn't have any social filter. And that's like the only kind of person who can go up against Jen. Jen. Yeah. And then in her confessional, Mary's like, do I want Jen to be guilty? No. Do I think she's guilty? Uh, Yeah. We're getting the the CIA (laughs) and FBI involved in New York. Um, She's guilty. And I was like, correct. Mary, we needed you back this season. We needed some sort of voice of reason. How far we've come. How far we've come. Well, we will be back next week with the finale of um, Salt Lake City and more Potomac. Hoping for a better episode next week. Rachel will be back and will not be leaving us early. We'll have Jen sentencing. Um, join us next Friday at Morally Corrupt. <laughs>